Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the book of Judges together with Judges 1b. Hopefully we will complete chapter 1. We read of the beginning of the decline of the people after the death of Joshua, the beginning of the splintering of the Jewish people, the beginning of them behaving just like the people of the land in which they are now supposed to conquer and demonstrate a new way the failures of them as they conquered and continued to conquer the land and settle it. So let's, we're about to start verse 8. And the sons of Yehuda, the people of Judea, waged war against Jerusalem, and they captured it. And they struck it down by the sword, and they destroyed the city by fire. We will see later that this conquering was not really a full conquering. Um, because uh, the Jebusites remained in Jerusalem. But at least the portion of the Jerusalem which was supposed to be conquered by Judea because Jerusalem was kind of shared between the portion of Judah and the portion of Benjamin was conquered. So now again, it's the people of Yehuda. Remember in the book of Joshua, it was the people of Israel united. Now it's just one tribe. They went down to Lilachim Bakanani to wage war against the Canaanites who shave Ahar that live in the mountainous region via Negev and in the southern region via Shvela and in the low-lying country. And then Judah went to the Canaanites who lived in Hebron and Hebron. And Hebron was the also called the town of Kiryat Arba. Um, the, the, the town of Arba, the person named Arba, um, and they killed the three uh, people named Sheshai, Achiman, and Talmai. And they went to the town of Devir, and the name of the town of Devir was, used to be called Kiryat Sefer. Sefer, uh, presumably meaning the, the town near the boundary. And Kolev, Caleb, said that he who conquers Kiryat Sefer and captures it, remember, Kolev, Caleb, we learned, studied in Joshua, we read uh, the story, uh, basically the same story with tiny, slight differences. Um, here, recounted, uh, Hebron, Hebron was given to Caleb, and Kiryat Sefer, which was near that, um, he said, whoever conquers that area, and I will give to him at Isha, I will give him Achsa, my daughter, as a wife. So Atniel, the son of Kenaz, um, who would be considered, Atniel would be probably the first or the earliest of the period of judges, one of the leaders. But, but not so much a national leader, but at least a leader of Judah. We'll see him come up a couple times. Um, uh, one of the uh, tribal leaders, he, Achi Kalev Hakatonimenu, who was the, um, uh, the brother, or at least the um, cousin or relative of Kalev, of Caleb, who was younger than him, um, he went and captured him by and captured this area and he gave him Achsa, his daughter, as a wife. And Achsa, we will find out in a minute, we will reread the same story that we read in Joshua. And it was when she came to, to she came and joined uh, Atniel, her new husband, in marriage, 
and she convinced him to ask from her father for the, the field, to, for some property that would be theirs. She, she said, go to my father and say, okay, you ha- now you have me as a wife, but I need property to support the family. And she dismounted from her donkey because he was too ashamed. This, that was the version of the story we had in Joshua where it states this detail that he was too shy to, or too afraid of his fa- powerful and very famous father-in-law. So she went herself, gets down from her donkey, and Kalev said to her, what is it that you'd like? And she said to him, I need a land of blessing. The land which you gave me is very dry and not very useful. I need you to give me a place that has springs of water so that we can make use of this land. And Caleb in, in Joshua, the versions calls it Gulot Iliot. Here it says Gulot Ilit. And, uh, and he gave him upper, he gave her upper springs and lower springs so that they can make use of that field. Now, um, the story is now repeated, which only emphasizes that a lot of this history is mixed. It's not really chronological because this, of course, happened during Joshua's lifetime. But it's part of the story, it's part of the lore in the tribe of Judah of their settling of the land, how Caleb and his family got this land, how Achsa, Caleb's daughter, um, stood up for herself and her family where her husband was unwilling to do so. This is part of the, the legends of the tribe of Judah, and therefore it presents itself here where we're discussing Judah capturing its territory. There's another family other, uh, that's important in the history. If we remember from the Torah, that the father-in-law of Moshe, the father-in-law of Moses, a Midianite by the name of Yisro or Jethro, um, and he uh, um, had descendants that came and read and and eventually joined the Jewish people. We're about to read a little bit about their story. So, um, uh, so we're about to read verse verse um, sixteen. Uvene Kani and the Descendants of Cani, right, which is another term referring to Yisro, Hossein Moshe, the father-in-law of Moses, Olu Meir Hatmorim. They came up from the city of dates. Now, uh, the city of date palms. Now, the city of dates in the Torah is refer- refers to Yericho, Jericho. So basically, the family of, of Jethro was in Jericho. Now, when did they leave Jericho? Presumably, they had to have left it. Um, uh, before the siege and destruction of the city of Jericho, uh, and which only goes to show that Rahab, Rahab, the, prost- the, the harlot, the prostitute who lived in there and her family were not the only ones that escaped um, Jericho, but also the family of, of, of Jethro was also there and they left too. And they came at Bnei Yehuda, Midbar Yehuda, they came and joined the, the, the tribe of, Judea, of Judah, they came to the uh, wilderness of Judea, Asher Benegev, which is Arad, which is uh, uh, south of Arad, and they went and they joined the nation. So the descendants of Jethro, who were not descendants of, of Israel, joined the Jewish people and joined and became part of the tribe of Judah. And now Judah went together with Shimon, Simon, his brother, and they struck at Aknani, the Canaanites, Yoshev Tzifat, that lived in Tzifat. 
and they destroyed it by and they called the name of the city because again from the root of which is to destroy and and here it means not just destroy but it also means that they made it forbidden they made it forbidden for people to benefit from that uh, place and we learned when Jericho was destroyed Joshua did the same thing in order to um, at least for, uh, to demonstrate that we are not just destroying this to take the spoils, but we are different. Um, we are destroying the enemy, but not because we are being greedy. But we are doing this because this is part of our mission to settle the land that God gave us. Now, Judah continued, this is verse 18, to capture Gaza and its boundaries via Ashkelon and Ashkelon via Kavula, and its boundaries via Ekron via Kavula, and Ekron and its boundaries. And God was with Judah. And he did possess the mountain, the mountainous region. <clears throat> possess meaning. He, be, he became the uh, 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 ruled over it, possessed it, settled it, etc. But he was not able to possess those that resided in the valley. Because they had iron chariots. We'll see later on. Iron chariots was the um, was the. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, most advanced weaponry of the time, most powerful weaponry of the time. And Judah was unable to conquer the valley. Uh, the battles against the valley we'll find later on um, uh, when we get to the battle over the Jezreel Valley, um, when it was conquered and how. It's going to be important stories in this book later. But at this point, Judah was unable to conquer the valley. And as we've mentioned in, Judea, in, the, in the book of Joshua, we also mentioned that gave Caleb the city of Hebron, as Moshe and Moses had commanded, and they, and they dispossessed from that area the three uh, children, uh, the three descendants of the Anak, which are the men- ones we mentioned before, Sheshai, Talmai, and um, I'm sorry, I slipped my mind, but those three. Viet Hayavusi and the Jebusites, Yoshev Yerushalayim, who were resident in Jerusalem, or at least seems it would sound like they were in the Benjaminite portion of what's of the mountain which contained the city of Jerusalem. The descendants of Benjamin did not dispossess them. So Judah seems to have conquered their portion. And the Jebusites that um, resided together with the Benjaminites in Jerusalem until this day. So now we're going to turn our attention to some of the others. Immediately after discussing Judah, we of course go to the next uh, group, the, which eventually became the forefathers of the northern kingdom, and that is the children, the descendants of Joseph. So verse 22, uh, some of this I'm going to read kind of quick because it's... Um, uh, just uh, place names and so on. By Yaalu Beit Yosef, the house of Joseph, the descendants of Joseph, generally referring to the the, the leading tribe of Joseph, the Ephraim, those that are the descendant of Ephraim, Gamheim Beit El, they went to Beit El, which is of course part, eventually going to be part of the Northern Kingdom. By Donai Imam, and God was with them and helped them conquer their place too. By Yatiru Beit Yosef Beit El, and while the um. 
the house of Joseph were, were spying out the area of Beit El, presumably in order to decide how to attack, how to conquer, what to do. The town of Beit El itself was called Luz. And the guardians of the city saw, I'm sorry, the Shomrim here is referring to the the uh, those that were watching, meaning the the um, not the guards of the city, but the people that were watching the city, the, the descendants of Joseph who were watching the city, they saw someone come out of the city, and they said to him, Show us how we can conquer the city. Show us how to get in. Where are the entranceways? Where are the doors? Where are the windows, etc.? And we'll do good for you. This is, reminds us a little bit of the story of Rachav, of Rahab when the spies came in the beginning of the book of Joshua and they said to Rahab Rachav if you show you know help us out we will um we'll do you a favor we won't destroy you along with the city and because of course this person understood what was potentially going to what was probably going to happen that the people of Israel were going to come and conquer by our aim at Mavoir, therefore he showed them the place how to get into the city. So then once they knew what they needed to know, <coughs> they struck the city down by the sword, and that man and his entire family, Shilechu, they allowed him to go free. And that man went to the land of the Hittites. By even near he built a city, and he named it Luz. Shema, and now there was after the town that he originally had inhabited, which was now destroyed. But the, now the, a new town took the name of Luz, Ayomazan, its name remained Luz until this day. So that man presumably uh, joined the, at least became subservient to, and eventually um, and lived in peace with his Israelite overlords. Vlohorish Menashe, so as we're discussing the descendants of Joseph, presumably of the tribe of Ephraim, but it wasn't made clear. So we're going to go to the other descendant, tribe descendant of Joseph, which is Menashe, uh, the, the tribe of Menashe. Lohorish Menashe at Beit Sha'an. Menashe did not possess, or did not dispossess, the people that lived in the town of Beit Sha'an, Viet Benosea, and the towns near there, Viet Tanach, Viet Benosea, and Tanach, and the, the, and the towns near there, Viet Yoshve, Dor, Viet Benosea, and the residents of Dor and its, and its suburbs, Viet Yoshve, Yivlom, Viet Benosea, Viet Yoshve, Megiddo, Viet Benosea, Vayoel HaKnani, Lashavet Baratzazos. And the Canaanites wanted to um, they, uh, continue living in this land, and they did, and they persisted in living there, and um, Menashe did not dispossess them. Is that because they were unable to? Possibly, that's what it sounds like. Unwilling to, also possible, and it sounds like that to some extent. Is it possible that they just made peace? This Vayoel Haknani would give us the idea that the Canaanites said, we want to live here, and they, they accepted the peace terms. Vayhi Israel, and then the next verse makes it a little bit more clear. Um, when the Israelites became strong, in other words, they were then able to what did they do? In other words, so now it's not because they were unable, but what did they do? They made the Canaanites um, uh, um, uh, for a mas, for a, which usually means for it to be taxed, to be burdened with work, taxed. But they did not destroy them. Now, if the Canaanites were, would have joined and said, we are willing to live by your ethics and morals, 
um, and keep the seven Noahide laws as we described earlier in our introduction in the last podcast, this would not have been so bad. But we're going to find that the people of Menashe were much more interested in the mass part, in the subjugating them and getting advantage from them, than they were in the ethically and morally teaching these Canaanites to get rid of their immoral and idolatrous ways. So they ended up becoming a thorn in their side and they ended up adopting those idolatrous ways, becoming influenced by them, intermarrying with them, and eventually going straying away from the path of God and from the path which was the purpose of them settling this land. The Ephraim and the people of Ephraim, they also uh, led up. They did not dispossess the Canaanites that lived in Gazer. And the Canaanites lived with them in Gazer. So there's loosening up of the mission that they're supposed to have. Zvulun, the people of the tribe of Zvulun, they did not dispossess the member, the people that lived in Kitron, and the Canaanites lived among them, and they were subjugated. Asher, the people of the tribe of Asher, the people that lived in Akko or Aker, at Yoshve Tzidon and Sidon, Viet Achlav, Viet Achziv, Viet Chelba, Viet Afik, Viet Rechov, these are other town names. Vayeshev Ho Asheri and the people of Asher lived Bekeravaknani among the Canaanites, Yoshve Arts, that lived at Kilohorisho because they did not dispossess them. Now, part of the reason why they did not dispossess them, part of it is they didn't have strength. Remember, now each tribe is on its own. So some of the tribes, had the peoples remained united, it's very possible that they would have been able to subjugate the Canaanites. Those that were willing to join the ways of Israel would have been fine, they would have done that. But instead, they, each tribe went on its own, and they did not have strength on their own to conquer, and they ended up living among them. And here in Usher, we hear a hint that not only did they not dispossess them, presumably because they weren't strong enough, but in the, here they didn't even subjugate them, so they completely lived among the Canaanites. Naphtali, the tribe of Naphtali, Lohorish did not dispossess his Yosef Beit Shemesh, Beit Yosef Beit Anas, they did not dispossess the people that resided in these towns. Vayeshev Bekerev Aknani, and again, they um, lived among the Canaanites, Yosef Arts that lived in the land, Yosef Beit Shemesh, Beit Anas, Hayulam Lamas. With some of them, the, uh, they did subjugate, but they did not dispossessed them. They did not get them off the land. And now, immediately, we start seeing pushback. Until now, they didn't dispossess. In other words, they didn't become the uh, the, the owners, the lords, the, uh, the residents of the land, or they lived among them, but now they are starting to push back. The Amorites pushed back against the children, their descendants of Dan, Hahara, into the mountain, because again, they did not allow the people of Don to, to infringe upon their property that they resided in, which was in the deeper valleys. We're going to find throughout this book that the valleys, and we obviously is for obvious reasons, the valleys were fertile, the valleys were the most important areas um, uh, for farming, for the purposes, So, and they were the places where the more powerful cities were, and the people of Don were not able to descend into the valleys, and uh, Amorites remained there and pushed the people of Don into the hills. And the Amorites desired 
and continued to live in in the mountain of Chera, in Har Cheres, alone in the Ayalon Valley, but the, despite the fact that they remained there, the house of Joseph did become stronger, and eventually they did subjugate them, even though they did not dispossess them. And the boundaries of the Amorites, they, they were, were, uh, resided in the area from Ma'aleak Rabim, that place, from the rock, um, which sounds like a some kind of large rock that was a border marker, Humala, and above that, presumably, and on, and past that. This concludes chapter one, and we, the people are fractured. The tribes, each one has its own problems. Each one is on its own. Each one is doing its own thing, and they're settling down with the Canaanites, either in some cases because they're not strong enough to dispossess them. In some cases, they are strong enough, but they make peace agreements, in some cases, they subjugate them, but they're living among them. And we will soon learn how this leads to a corruption of the moral and ethical ideas that the people were charged with as they came into this land. That concludes chapter one. Thank you so much for studying chapter one together. Looking forward to studying chapter two and, of course, the entire book of Judges together.